Kyrie Irving could be on the move again. Is the number one pick for sure settled? Plus, a look around the latest rumors around Rudy Gobert and other free agency stuff. We've got lots of rumors that's locked on NBA. You are locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA from the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. He's David Ramil. You can find him on Twitter at DRamil, R-A-M-I-L 13. And he's co-host of Locked On Heat. And we are here with an off-season draft week edition of Locked On NBA. Lots to get into on today's show. We'll talk about the news out of The Athletic that Sham Sharania reported that Kyrie Irving could, in fact, be on the move this summer. Boy, who doesn't want to get themselves some Kyrie Irving and try and win? We'll also talk about some really weird movement in the betting markets, as well as some things I've heard about the number one pick. And in the last segment, I have some Rudy Gobert free agency stuff, as well as a couple of other tidbits from around the league that I've heard from various hashtag sauces in order to get you set for NBA free agency and draft week. David, glad to be with you today. Let's start right here. Uh, Shah Sharania on the inside pass, his weekly column that breaks down the latest intel that he's hearing, reported that Kyrie Irving, and the Nets have hit an impasse in negotiations over a new deal. Irving has a player option for next season. There's an increasing likelihood that he may not opt in and instead will hit free agency and head somewhere else. And if not, he could wind up opting in and then being traded as the Nets have signaled since the end of their season, their frustration with how things unfolded with him this year being only available for some games due to his choice over the COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, the three teams listed as interested in Irving the Los Angeles Lakers, which that one goes back a while. Like people were talking about this in the league back in February that like, if this thing doesn't work out because Kyrie had made a whole big thing about how he felt he was wrong with LeBron and maybe like he shouldn't have soured that relationship. And LeBron's been very like outgoing about him. Uh, the New York Knicks is the other one. I heard that like a month ago and it was so crazy. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm just going to put this one aside. There's no, no way the Knicks are going to get into the Kyrie Irving chase. Well, it sounds like they actually might. And the last one is particularly interesting. It's the Los Angeles Clippers. Perhaps Ooh. a deal sending Kyrie to the Clippers, who obviously already have a number of superstars in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So, David, I was to ask you, what's your reaction to the news that Kyrie Irving may be looking for yet another new home? Oh, I, I'm not surprised. But at the same time, it feels like he's just using Chirania leaking directly or his camp leaking directly to Chirania to build a little bit more leverage against the Brooklyn Nets. I, I just can't see – I can't see that wide a market for him, to be completely honest with you. Given everything that's happened over the last couple of seasons, the fact that he burned his way out of Cleveland, out of Boston, and now looking to potentially move on from the Nets, the fact that he's hardly been available over the last couple of seasons due to injury, due to vaccination status, due to everything else – Still a hell of a player, still a fantastic game changer, and yet are there really that many teams clamoring for his services? Uh, yes, I could see why he'd be a fit with Los Angeles and things of that sort, but I just it seems like it's so clearly an effort from his group to say, you know what, we want to get paid, we want to get paid a lot, and we want Brooklyn to be able to cop up that money. And, and all these 
magical places that are, you know, the potential suitors that are looking for his services start to come up. Like Again, I know to your point, they've been available. They've been out there for some time now, but to leak them now, it's like, yeah, maybe there's an impasse or maybe he's just kind of trying to grease those wheels a little bit more quickly than he'd like. So I, that's how I kind of read it. The key questions you have to ask yourself are, what does Joseph Sy think and what does Kevin Durant think? Right. Because Sean Marks has kind of telegraphed things, GM of the, of the Brooklyn Nets. He's kind of telegraphed things in terms of being like, when you guys who are available, when right. you guys who are dedicated, to, who are ready to sacrifice, it feels very much to me, and this is an outsider's like just kind of read on it. This is not based off of anything I've heard, but my read on it is largely that it felt like Joseph Sy bought the team, took over, they got Kevin Durant, and Sy went like, they get whatever they want to do. Like yeah. Kevin Durant, like they get to choose the coach who's going to be more of a consultant, and we'll go get DeAndre Jordan. Cause they like him and we'll go get Blake Griffin cause they like him and we'll do all these things to try and make them happy. And the players are going to run everything. And then this year was such a disaster. Right. It feels like there was a little bit of like a, okay, maybe we should operate like a basketball team, like a professional basketball team right. and not a, whatever this is. And <laughs> so my real question is just basically like, where does KD sit in this? Because if KD's frustrated with Kyrie, then you should be able to get some pretty good return back and maybe build something out of the remains of this kind of disaster. If KD's like, you you made my friend mad, I want out too, then it's like, wow, the Nets are going to be... The Nets are going to have been a contender, and then in the garbage without picks, and then a contender, and then in the garbage without picks, all in the span of like six years. It's going to have been pretty wild. Um, I guess the only other thing I would note here is that there's been longstanding belief in the league that Kawhi Leonard has wanted the Clippers to get a point guard. Mm. That's been like a big thing that's kind of come up several times. Is Leonard has in, indicated his interest in the team acquiring another point guard. I don't think it's that he doesn't like Reggie Jackson, good friend of Paul George. I think it's that they want somebody alongside Jackson. I think they want to play point guard, Reggie Jackson, Paul George at three, Kawhi Leonard at five or four, and then they fill in with either Zubach or a small ball five at the, right. at the last spot, you know. Mar Marcus Morris, whoever. So like Kyrie fits in, in that kind of a paradigm and Balmer, we know is willing to pay whatever it is that he has yes. to, if he can make it work. Um, I do think it's an interesting question of whether or not the Clippers have the pieces for such a trade because they clearly will not have the available free agency cap space just to get under so they could then pay over. Even if, if Balmer's willing to pay the luxury tax on it, which he clearly is. Um, I don't know how they're going to work that out without a trade of a, like major components and really decimating the roster. Cause just to make the money work, I think it's going to be a challenge for the Clippers with the Knicks. I think it's just a question of what, what, what are you sending? What, what do you have to give them? Right. So all these types of things I think make a, a deal tough. Whereas the Lakers maybe make the most sense just from a swapping contract standpoint. And the contract that you're looking to swap would be one Russell Westbrook. Uh, is that uh, the case there? Well, I mean, I would be very interested to see how that plays out. Uh, I'll, I'll just say that like, and maybe it's a three-way deal, right? Russ yeah. goes somewhere else. And yeah, I can't imagine Kevin Durant going full circle and saying, yes, I get to play alongside yes. Russ again. That's Absolutely. exactly what I've wanted. That's why I came here for, you know, the, the machinations to get James to get Kyrie on this roster. None of that was there. It's all bigger picture, baby, to get Russ on this roster. Yeah. Uh, I like the fit in, in with the Clippers, to be honest with you. I mean, yes, I'd like to see, just from an excitement standpoint, I mean, and knowing that they're going to be on TV 85 games a year somehow, uh, the Lakers would be a fun option. But to see them with the Clippers, with that group, uh, to see what 
that, that potential is like. Because, I mean, we just have yet to see what Leonard and Paul George together at full strength would really be. And so if you add Kyrie to the mix and let's say he's committed and let's say Ty Lue is one of the few guys in the league uh, and among the coaching wrecks that could get him to buy in and to get him to accept a role and, and, and just be able to maximize his incredible talents – that would be really, really fun. Uh, I'm not sure how the fit alongside Reggie Jackson would be. I mean, I know it sounds good on paper, but, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a possibility. Uh, and, and having said that, like, I, I, I want to see it happen. I don't know. This this Brooklyn situation, yeah, I, I like your, your, your laying it out there. It's like we thought we were getting into something a lot different, and now that we are, we're like, wow, that, it kind of really sucked to go through what we did last year. I don't want to do yeah. that anymore. Let's let's do things a little differently. Uh and building around Ben Simmons doesn't seem like the way to go in, no. in Brooklyn either. So uh, it's an interesting uh, offseason here already uh, and much more to get to throughout the next couple of weeks. Take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about the NBA draft, which is for Thursday. We'll give you the lay of the land on the top five picks, including there's been some, okay, weird stuff, we'll say, going on with the draft. We'll talk about that when we come back on Locked on NBA. But first, I want to tell you about prize picks are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA or WNBA? Then you need to try the awards-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We love it. We know you will too. You just pick two to five players and over/under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times an entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in sixty seconds or less. It's that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're available on both the App Store and Google Play. They've got any prop you can think of for basketball, points scored, rebounds, even steals. But they don't just have NBA. They've also got MLB, soccer, MMA, college football, college basketball, and more. And for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you have to use code NBA. That's right, an exclusive offer just for locked on fans. Sign up today and use code NBA and get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for making us your first listen. One live NBA draft show is not enough. Free show is going live on draft night. Join me 15 minutes after our pick at Locked On Nuggets or David over at Locked On Heat on YouTube for the immediate reaction from your local expert. Subscribe now to Locked On Nuggets and Locked On Heat to know when we go live. We'll also have lots of coverage over here at Locked On NBA. All right, second segment here with David Ramil. Speaking of this NBA draft, David, so here, here's what I will tell you. Here's, here's what I got, okay? All right. Started here, and on Sunday night, a bunch of people were like, yeah, there sounds like there's a good possibility that Paolo Bancaro is at least in conversation for number one. Hmm. The Orlando Magic had not made a decision two weeks ago. They had not made a decision this weekend, is what I was told by people that know people that know people, right? So I am not sitting here saying, like, I spoke to someone in the Magic organization, and this is what they told me. That is not how this works. But the feeling around the league and league circles was that the Magic had not made a decision as of Saturday was when I heard that. On Sunday, I started to hear that Paolo Bancaro may be a legit option for the number one pick. Okay, lots of noise this time of year. I tend to be like, okay, this is predictable. Because oftentimes the week of the draft, if you don't have, like, a set number one guy, like a Zion Williamson or you know, any of these guys that are like the number one absolute, like next year, we're not going to hear this with Victor Wamayama. Like there won't be any of that. It just won't be out there. So, but if there's, if there's a little bit of a question, there will typically be at the beginning of the week, a 
could so-and-so go number one? And the answer is like, no, no, they could not. Like, it's a good question. Like, yes, it's plausible, but they're not going to. And that's what I was prepared to do with the information was be like, okay, sure. Like, yeah, they're still, they have made up their mind. That makes sense. They're all really close. Not to go too far down the betting hole, but here's what I will tell you. Okay. Cause I do this stuff over at action on Sunday afternoon at most of the books, Paolo Bancaro was 16 to one to go. Number one plus 1600. That's where he was at BetMGM. It's where he was at WinBet. That's where he was at uh Superbook, which is one of the sharper books. They have a very sharp bookmaker system. 24 hours later, those odds are four to one. Mm. BetMGM has taken a 4% increase in handle in the last 24 hours on Paolo Bancaro to go number one. So across all of these different books, it's not just one, it's all of them. Caesars is lowest right now at three to one. For a guy that like, on Friday would have been 12 to one or longer. All of a sudden these numbers are dropping rapidly. How could this be if there's not some sort of like indicator? Well, okay. Uh, Ryan Rossillo and Bill Simmons talked about it on their podcast. Maybe that like kickstarted something and there was some conversation and then like one book moves. And so the other, and then other people see it. So they bet the other books and there's this cascading effect. So it's possible. I will just tell you, David, that like right now, based off of everyone I've talked to inside the league, looking at the betting markets and everything, I do not know who is going number one in Thursday's draft of the Orlando Magic. I do not know who's going number two, and I do not know for sure, because of this news, who is going number three. It feels very wide open as we talk about it right now. Are any of the picks from what you've heard, like in play, like are they going to be used as tra- as trade collateral at some point, or are we talking about picks will be made by those three teams at the top of the draft, but who gets selected with those picks is still up in the air? I think that there is the possibility of movement. Mm-hmm. Like, well, here's what I'll say. Houston wants Bancaro. Like, that's not a secret. Everybody knows that. Like, they love him. He apparently absolutely just destroyed their workout. Like, he was amazing in the workout with Houston. So Houston really wants Bancaro number one. Or no matter where they get him. That could be part of this, is maybe Orlando is signaling like, hey, might just take Bancaro number one. What do you think about that, Houston? And saying to Houston, like, hey, if you want to make sure you get Bancaro, pointing up without right. any like real intent to do so. That's an, that's a possibility. OKC is the wild card here. And yep. I'll just say this. Anybody that tells you they know what OKC is doing is lying. There is no... It's really funny because everyone started mocking Chet Holmgren to right. OKC. And you ask why. And it's Chet Holmgren's people have said they want to go to OKC. That's not how this works. You don't <laughs> get to choose. Um, and so I think... I think there is, I think Sam Presti is open to every single option. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connor on the ringer talked about this, about how if any team was going to position themselves for woman Yama next year, it would be OKC. That yeah. tracks like that tracks. Let me put it this way. That tracks a lot more than OKC taking whoever, if they don't get the guy that they want at two, if that guy's off the board, whether it's any of the three, mm-hmm. I think it is much more likely for them to then reconfigure and try and target for next season rather than try and continue. This could all go the way that it's been chalked, right? It could be Jabari number one, Chet number two, and Paolo number three. But there is at least noise as we sit here on a month. We're recording this on Monday. This is a Tuesday episode. There's at least noise that the, the draft order may not be as 
ironclad as we thought it was a week ago. It's not like we haven't seen that either. Like Jason Tatum getting selected third, right? Uh, and Boston trading down and Markel Fultz going first overall. Like that, like we've seen this possibility before. So I, I, I'm curious to see if Houston, you know, makes a move to try and get that first pick. And because they believe it so highly in Bankero that they would make a move of some kind. I'm not sure how they would pull that off. I'm not sure what Orlando was looking to acquire in order to, to say, you know, we, we're, we're comfortable getting our guy, whoever's available at third, whether it's Chet or Jabari or somebody else. But that's uh, that's an interesting thing there. Like the, the draft is so <laughs> so hard to predict. Yes. Again, in a year when when you don't have that clear cut number one, and it could be just you know any one of these top three players, um, and 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 you're possibly that 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 looking ahead thing. You're absolutely right. Like Sam Presti, that's that's light years ahead, et cetera. Like yeah. you're looking at a guy who's he wants to get that home run player. And I'm not so sure that the three players available this year's draft at the top of the draft are those home run players. And so uh, he certainly seems like he's the kind of say, you know what, I, I'm, I'll take whoever I got right now, but I'd rather look ahead to next season to make sure I can get that player that I believe is going to be a superstar in this league. So that's certainly adds an element of intrigue where one wasn't uh, expected a couple of days ago. We can see one or two move. I think like four is definitely on the table. That's no secret that the Kings have looked at exploring that pick. They're mm. making noise. Cherenia reported uh, on Monday. The Kings are now more comfortable with keeping the pick. I heard this on the same time that I heard them involved with two other potential trade offers for that number four pick. So it's like, they're definitely still looking at trading the four. Um, I think Detroit is open to conversations at five. And I, and everyone knows that Portland's available for talks for the seven. So like, you know, maybe this creates a market where there's too much talk and that and that means that the teams go, oh, these are so valuable. We have to get more and then they don't get anything and then everyone stays the same. Um, but it's I will say, like, it's not quiet time. There seems to be a lot of of conversation around the league around these possible moves. Um, I want to ask you just real quick. If you're okay. a team that's in Detroit or the Pelicans or. Uh, the Pelicans are a little bit different because they actually made the playoffs. If you're in a position like Detroit or even Portland to a degree, because they're obviously like they're, they made the playoffs with Dame. How much do you value like a win now contribution versus the Kings are another good team like this, a win now contribution of trading it versus like hoping that you get a guy who does contribute right now. Cause I think that's kind of the short sided thing. The options kind of seem to be the Kings are looking for a win now guy, but I'm like, yeah. if you draft right in the top four, you can have that guy now. Like there are rookies that can play. The Heat have made the finals with Tyler Hero, right? Like you can have a guy play at that level. So it's weird to me that there's kind of this dichotomy between win now or draft. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I've said this before on this show. I've said it many times on Lockdown Heat. I, I've just been conditioned after years of covering this team uh, that, that I just. Don't emphasize the draft as much as you know twenty nine other franchises do. And so when I look at the draft, to me, it's always a tool to try and get that star player. Uh, and I, I hear what you're saying; those top three players at the top of this year's draft might become winners. They might be great players. They might even be impactful players in year one. Although that seems a lot less likely. But if you can take a fourth pick or a fifth pick and somehow translate that into an immediately impactful player, an established veteran already somewhere around the league, and I'm not sure who that player might be, but if you can get that star player 
that you think will lend itself to winning and is a proven name rather than just a rookie who might fizzle out. And let's not let's not pretend that this doesn't happen. Like I, I don't, you know, I mentioned Fultz just a while ago, and well, I think he's going to be a steady rotation player for years to come in Orlando. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know that he's necessarily the guy that they would have expected to be when they drafted him first overall. You know, and, and so. I think if you can get that clear-cut player, the player who's already proven themselves, who, who wants to win, I think you do it. And, and so to answer your question, if you're looking at a fourth player or fifth player in this draft who could be a decent player and may project long-term as a, as a really impactful player, or you can get somebody who's already established a clear, you know, a veteran already in the NBA, I'd make that trade. Like, you want to win now. Uh, and I think you have to continue to sell – the idea of winning. And, and and again, maybe this is just from my years of following Miami, but, you know, the losing mentality that, you know, bogged down the Sixers, that has bogged down the Kings, you want to be able to change that somehow. You want to be able to get out of the, the wheel of mediocrity, but at the same time, you just, with the Kings, like we've talked about the Kings yeah. so often in the show, they're just, they've been so consistently losing that they just i don't know that anybody takes them seriously you have draft picks saying i'd rather not get drafted by this organization you're talking about the nba you're gonna get millions of dollars as you say i don't really want to go there despite the fact that you're gonna get paid millions of dollars because your reputation is so well earned and i know that they're gonna botch it at some point with coaching moves and front office moves and everything else but at the same time like you have to be able to show that you can commit to winning as much as possible in the short term and then start building for the long term at the same time and i that's just where I stand on it. I, I would trade that pick 100 times out of 100. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about more free agency rumors. We'll get into all that and more when we come back on Locked On NBA. Well, you know, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models on the market, it's impossible for you to get what you need at your local auto parts store. That's why you need Rock Auto because they're a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and they've got everything that you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And their prices are reliably low for every single customer. You're not going to have to deal with a serviceman that's going to be telling you like, oh, hey, mind, I've got the part, but it's at another store. Can you come back in 20 minutes or some other nonsense? You get what you want, what you're looking for for your car or truck right now at rockauto.com. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear Bass box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey Sports experts, the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board, and more. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. Final segment here on Locked On NBA. A couple of things to talk about as we were recording this. Actually, Sean Ferenia just reported that Miami Heat forward P.J. Tucker has exercised, uh, he will opt out of his $7.4 million player option. So he did not opt in. He declined the player option uh, for the 2022-23 season. Quote, several championship contending teams are expected to compete for Tucker in free agency. I will tell you right now that there is interest in Tucker from both the Chicago Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets amongst some other teams. So there's going to be a number of teams looking uh, for him as the host of Locked on Heat, David. I'll ask you, how important is it for Miami to retain Tucker in free agency? 
crucial unless there's a move that they're going to be making either through the draft or be a trade at some point to bolster the four. Like he, he, he was a small ball center at times. Like there were lineups during the playoffs where Bam was in foul trouble, where he was you know, vital importance. He was a glue guy. Eric Spolstra st- talked about Tucker as glowingly as he ever has of any player not named Jimmy Butler or Dwayne Wade. It was very odd to see a player fit in so perfectly on this Miami roster. And again, a guy who, Never wavered. You never had to worry about him or his production. He was just gonna, you know, he was just gonna perform at a high level, play defense, you know, find his way, find his way past injury, uh, which he did all too often. So, you know, that's my only question is like there are there real markets for a guy like Tucker, given the fact that he's 37, that he's been constantly dealing with injury, and that he'll likely suffer from injury next season as well. I mean, I, I think he can fit in into any of those rosters. Like any other team in the league would be happy to have him. I know Bucks fans certainly lamented the fact that they couldn't re-sign him this past year, but I just wonder uh, at this point in his career, is there still a lot of teams that would throw multi-year deals at a player like P.J. Tucker? We'll have to wait and see. There's also the possibility that he could re-sign for a long-term deal in Miami as well. So maybe it'll be a three-year deal worth $15 million or something along those lines where he'll be a, a smaller cap hit and yet more prolonged, uh, you know, just – be able to have that kind of stability towards the tail end of his career. Speaking of small ball centers and big ball centers and all sorts of centers, uh, center is a very popular position right now. There's a number of teams that wanted a backup center or a starting five at the trade deadline, and there just weren't enough options on the board. A lot of interesting talk over the last 24 hours. So Toronto reported this morning that the Atlanta Hawks have, have explored talks for Clint Capella uh, Trey Young loves Clint Capella is one of the reasons they got Capella, but they are looking to maybe upgrade or move Capella because they want to make more room uh, on their roster for their younger guys to get some more minutes. They've got some really good players down there. So one of the options that have been bandied about is the Minnesota Timberwolves. What's interesting here is it one, it sets this kind of idea of like, wait, they have Carl Anthony Towns. Why would they want a center? My understanding is that the Timberwolves have actually been involved in multiple conversations for several centers, all of starting caliber. They genuinely believe that Carl Anthony Towns can play effectively at the four next to a traditional center at five. That looks to be the type of team that Tim Connolly is looking to build in Minnesota uh, with his first major moves. It looks like they're really looking to put Carl Anthony Towns as more of a four next to a traditional five. Uh, what's your reaction to that concept for the Timberwolves, David? Uh I think it's interesting. I think it's bold, and, and I think it probably maximizes what Carl Anthony Towns does. Uh, I mean, obviously there'll be questions defensively, although I think he's shown some improvement in that regard. So I, I, I think he'll dominate just as he always has. Uh, I just, without knowing who that starting quality senator is going to be, I, it's kind of hard to predict exactly. But I, I, for now, at the very least, on the surface, I think it's a good decision, and I think it's something that uh, bodes well for the Timberwolves' future. What do you think, man? I think one of the other names that they've likely taken a look at, and I don't have a clear idea of how these talks went. I don't think that they went great. So I don't have like any sort of indication that there's a deal to be made there. Uh, But I do think the Timberwolves kicked the tires on Rudy Gobert. Mm. And that'd be like a really interesting combination of if you have Towns' three-point spacing around Gobert and his rim gravity, that's a really interesting combination. Um, So if the Timberwolves were able to put together a deal through some mechanism to get Gobert, I think that's a really interesting idea. I will say, I thought about this on Locked on Nuggets today, and it's kind of making the rounds on Twitter. Um, there's a feeling from multiple people I've talked to that the expectation is that Rudy Gobert is going to wind up in Chicago. That's not done. There's still a lot to kind of be figured out there, but there are oftentimes like 
there are teams that were more interested in Gobert, like Atlanta and Dallas to a degree, that have dropped off of the Gobert radar. And Chicago maintains as like the top of the list of if you ask about what's going to happen with Gobert, if he gets traded, it sounds like Chicago. Um, there's going to be some sticking points in that deal, and that's going to come down to, I think, both ownership and our tourist Karnasovas's pain tolerance in terms of what they're willing to give up because Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz want a haul for Gobert. Like It's a huge amount that they want in return for him. But I, if you ask me where is Gobert going to end up, I would still say the most likely destination would be in Chicago. I have real questions about that team. Like mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan and Rudy Gobert on a playoff team makes me a little bit queasy. Um, yeah. As good as DeMar DeRozan was last year and as good as, as Gobert is, they'd be a dominant regular season team. There's a lot of ways that the trade could make sense there depending on the assets involved. But um, I'm curious to know your thoughts about does – Rudy Gobert going to Chicago, does that, it, let's say Levine resigns, because yeah, there's an expectation of that. If he resigns, does that put Chicago in a different tier if you upgrade from Vucevic to Gobert? I don't think so. Like, yeah. I, I really don't. Like, I, I, it's not to downplay Gobert. Like, I, I feel like you know, he's been such a divisive player because of what we've seen from him in the playoffs. And, and, and you know, I, I think those are legitimate concerns about his ability to impact that team in the postseason race. And yet, we're, we're looking at a group like Chicago who, who wants to become that elite tier of title contender. Uh, I, I don't know if they're necessarily going to get enough out of the rest of the, that roster, too. Uh, you know, there's depth there. I like the idea. You know, let's say Caruso's healthy. Let's say Lazo Ball's healthy. It could work. Maybe you find some way of, of getting something different, better out of Rudy than what we saw in, in Utah. And if that's the case... I mean, I, they still feel like a tier below Philadelphia and a tier below Milwaukee, at least to me in the Eastern Conference, which, you know, maybe that's enough. If you, if you can find a way to get past Miami and Toronto and all the other teams around middling in the middle, uh, maybe maybe they stand out to some degree. Maybe they can find a way to eat past the rest of those groups into an Eastern Conference finals or an NBA finals race. Uh, but I don't know. I, I have legitimate concerns about Rudy uh, being able to take that team and make them better than they were last year, especially with DeRozan, you know, kind of playing at an MVP level for most of the season. And I wouldn't necessarily bank on him being able to duplicate that next season, but that's just me. Okay. That's going to wrap it up for locked on NBA. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back all throughout this week with more NBA draft reaction, pre-reaction rumors, free agency trades, lots of conversation, lots of leading up to Thursday. It'll be a huge night on the locked on network. Make sure to check it out. Thanks for joining us, everybody. For David Ramel, you can find him on Twitter at DRamel13. I'm on Twitter at HP Basketball. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on NBA.